Well, 37 years ago, my wife and our kids showed up here, and we were blessed to have you join our ministry. And I need to apologize to you. You don't join our ministry. You have a ministry, and it's my job with Transworld Radio to figure out how our ministry can serve the calling that God has brought to you. So I hope you'll forg forgive me after 37 years. I'm coming up with an apology to get started with. But in reality, that is true. And um, let me um, just, all right, it's, we're in a word, technology. You know, we're with all media, technology, digital, and everything. And sure enough, when you push the button, it never works. So this is great. This is a good start. Uh, you can see our tagline there, speaking hope to the world. When you look at the news these days, it is terrible, isn't it? It's depressing. If you didn't know any better as a Christian, you would think that we, God had lost the battle, but he has not. He has equipped us from the very beginning of time. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to kind of do a little bit conversational today. I'm not going to go verse by verse, and I'm not going to get into the Greek and Hebrew. I want to walk you through what a listener or a viewer of TWR's ministry would see and hear, because they might not have a Bible. And if they have a Bible, it might not even be in their language. They can have God's word, but it's not reaching them. So let me just show you what TWR is here real quick, and we'll see if this one will work. Have you ever considered just how big our world is? You, yes, you are one of the 7.8 billion people living in it. 7.8 billion, spread out over more than 500 million square kilometers. That's 200 million square miles of landmass. From bustling cities to desolate mountaintops, that's a lot of ground to cover. So how do you ensure everyone everywhere has access to the gospel despite the barriers they face? Let's journey back to 1954, when Dr. Paul Freed faced a similar dilemma. His heart was set on sharing the hope of Jesus with the people of Spain. But how? Door after door was closed to him in Spain. So, he traveled across the 20-something miles of the Straits of Gibraltar to Tangier, Morocco. He knew that radio could bridge the distance. Which means, not only had he stumbled on one of the main barriers to the spread of the gospel, limited access, but also its solution, media. You see, media allows us to speak their language and share the gospel, even if the person doesn't own a Bible or cannot read its truths. It's a friend to the lonely, the nomadic, and those displaced by war. It delivers the gospel where missionaries and Bibles can't go. It gives people the anonymity they need to ask bold questions in hostile communities. And it helps believers live out their faith when secrecy is the only way. Quite simply, media meets people where they are.
7.8 billion people, 250 million square miles of real estate. And God says, we're supposed to do what with them? We're supposed to tell them about him. So let me ask you this, how are you going to do that? We come alongside of you and we partner with all of your organizations, Chris Starr. We, we can reach the area where Boris is at. We come alongside and we facilitate the church to preach the gospel so that people can hear in their own heart language. Maybe for the very first time. We reach much of that one-third of the world that Marty was talking about. We actually have two partners in Turkey. One's in Ankara, right where he said, Radio Shima and Radio Light. And they are there preaching the gospel amongst a militant audience. One of the greatest things that can happen to TWR is when somebody sends us a letter, picks up the phone, and we had 295,000 calls last year, many of them from the Middle East, and they say, we are going to kill you. And we say, great, let's talk about that. And eventually the conversation turns around because we don't cost these people with who they are and what they are, but we talk about our loving God and our kind God. I'm going to just go briefly, line by line, because this is what a, a listener would hear. They wouldn't have the word in front of them. But in the beginning, it said God did what? He created. He took and he made the earth, and it was without void. And I wonder what that means. Does that mean that if we actually saw that ball, would those dents and wrinkles in it, would those be God's fingerprints and the rolls in his hand? I kind of like to think so, that he created it that intensely for us. And he says, let there be light. And in verse 6, he said, let there be an expanse of between the waters, between the water on the ground. Notice there's nothing up on the screen because our listeners don't have that. So if you're looking for it, it's not there. This is the world they live in, okay? So they created that gap in there, and that's called the sky. And that's where TWR started long before he even put Adam on the earth because without that sky... You can't have radio waves. you got those molecules there. So he had it all set up way before he even put man on the earth. You didn't know that this was the tool that you owned and were giving and praying for and sending Glenn and I out to do, did you? Well, it is. We have the capacity to do this. In verse 9, it says, Let the waters under the sky be gathered in one place and let dry land come in. Verse 14 let there be the light. So he created the heavens. He created the moon. He created the sun. He created day. God said, let the waters teem with living creatures. So he started building a position with resources, with provision for Adam and Eve. And eventually the trickle-down effect of us. Because what he wanted to do is he wanted to have fellowship with a creation that could, he could mentor, he could walk with. In verse 24, it says, let the land produce living creatures according to their kind, livestock, creatures that move along the ground. And in verse 26, it said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them, let them rule over the fish and over the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock and all of the earth 
and over all the creatures that move on the ground. So God created man in his image. He created a male and female. So God's got everything in place now. He's got, he took Adam, and we're going to go into a little bit of detail on this here in a minute in chapter 2, because that's where the details are about that. And he gave everything, all the provisioning mankind would ever need in a perfect setting, didn't he? Shake your head, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, see? Because it's true. We get so used to hearing this story, it becomes like, oh, yeah, man, I know that. What are you going to preach on? Provision. It started in the beginning, and as far as I know, because God's omniscient and omnipotent and all those omnis, he hasn't changed, so nothing else has changed. Now, how we view it and the sin that came into the world puts a different set of filters on it. And let me, let me put a caveat out here. I'm going to share some things in a few minutes here, and they could be taken wrong. You could think I'm in, I don't care about you, I don't understand your situation, and honestly, I don't understand each one of your situations. You may have things in your life, they're life and death situations, people out there on Zoom land. You may be praying for a healing and it hasn't come. I, 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 I don't understand that, and that's not where I'm here at to speak about today. But I can tell you this, I have seen God work in my life and in literally thousands of other people's lives because they simply walked and trusted him and had relationship with him on a daily basis. And that's the part of, that's the part of provisioning I want to talk about, relationship. It's not about me out there being a representative of TWR, working with major donors, raising literally millions of dollars a year. That's what I do. I, I'm a nut. I'm, I'm the guy that goes out there and asks people to partner with us because we can do this together, but it's on their basis. I, I have business people, donors, little old ladies who want to reach an unreached people group. And I sit with them and I say, well, we have a transmitter, or we can put a transmitter, or we can put people on the ground, or we can work with Chris Starr, or we can work with Whiffcliffe Bible translators, because we have to. We're the delivery system. We're the resource. But God has put us here for that. So when Adam was created, he was given what responsibilities? What, what happened when, when he was... He, he was given the responsibility to speak up, name the animals, tend the garden, love Eve, give her guidance, give her support, right? Likewise, my wife, Glenda, has been my greatest. I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> and it has kept me from doing a lot of dumb things. He gave him a partner who was to help him. And that's, that's, that is an example of the body of Christ, to support one another. Right from the beginning, there was that. But long about chapter 2, chapter 3, verse 8, you know, Adam decided he was going to do something different. And that's where the snake came into the garden. And I don't have time to get into the theology of where the snake or whether it was a snake or whatever, but it, it, it's an example of the sin of Satan coming into the garden, into their lives, and creating a doubt concept. And did you hear Boris when he talked about they went up the stream and the lady broke down with tears because nobody had ever come to the village, let alone to tell them about Jesus Christ. There are millions of people out there that this church has the opportunity to reach so that they can have tears of joy. 
and tears of encouragement because we can reach them with God's word. But because Adam sinned when he didn't obey God, what are, what are the two things that we're supposed to do that Jesus talk, talked about when the, the Pharisees asked him, what are the, what's the greatest commandments? This is participating. I know they can't hear on. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbors. Okay. So obviously, God had a plan that there was going to be an expansion. We were going to have to reach out. We were going to have to get out of our comfort zones. We were saying up on the song, whatever might befall us. That's the hard part about this message because it's not all niceties. You know, we have people who are out on the mission field praying their guts out that God would do a healing, that God would change this person, and it doesn't happen. And I don't know how to explain that because I just don't. I don't think any theologian can always explain it because we have a free will. But Adam, Adam sinned, and what did God do with him? Well, he struck him dead. No, he didn't strike him dead. He was disappointed, but he still loved him. He killed an animal. He gave him a blood sacrifice, skin covering, and sent him and Eve off to populate the earth so that you and I would be around. There's this chain because God wants people around him. He wants to have a relationship. He walked in the garden with them because when he said, he, they were walking in the garden and Adam and Eve sinned and they realized they were naked, so they hid from him. And he's going, Hey, Adam, where are you? It's like, okay, the omniscient God always comes has amnesia. No, he was saying, come to me. I know you've made a mistake, but come to me, and I will love you through this. Millions of people out there, a third of the world doesn't know that story. It's up to us to deliver that story to them. Well, let me just share how that works. You pray for Glenda and me. And we go and we talk with donors and we create opportunities for them and matches up with what God has called them to do with churches, with, quote, companies. And what happens is, is you get something like this. Now, that was me three years ago in Africa, in West Africa. Yes, I still climb towers. I know I'm old, but I still climb towers. And these four guys here, they're smiling, and you can see TWR t-shirts on them. Well, when we hired them a few years before, when we were putting the original transmitter in that country, they were not Christians. We hire non-Christians on purpose, put them in with our staff so that we can work and develop them and show them through the daily life, through our normal walks. When you're out on the street here visiting with people, when you're working in the community, when you're with your own family members who don't know Christ, it's part of our lifestyle. It's not just preaching Christ at them through the Bible all the time when they're sitting there. It's got to be a life characteristic. These guys came to us, and eventually they all became believers. As you can see here, they're smiling. I'm teaching them how to use a transit to make the tower straight. The guy with his thumbs up, that's Mario. I know that's not a very African name, but that's his African name. It's not a strange, it's not one of the hard names to pronounce. And Mario uh, is the leader of our transmitter site there. Now, Mario... Uh, one day, he, and, and again, this is one of the parts of my, my time with you. Please do not be offended. I, I value the military. And what I'm about to say is Mario actually uh, had to disarm an IED at our front gate. 
Now, you think of an IED, it's an improvised explosive device. Well, Mario came to our transmitter site one day as we were putting in the new transmitter, and he saw something strange in front of the gate, a little bump in the road. And so he gets down, he gets down like this, and he looks at it, and he calls Garth, our, our head of our department there, and he says, you've got to come down here, boss, and look at this. It's dangerous. So Garth comes down on his motorcycle. He says, what is it? He said, it's an IED. And Garth says, well, what are you going to do about it? Now, that sounds chicken, doesn't it? No, in reality, because of the culture over there, what you're going to find out is the IED I'm talking about is an improvised evil device. Because what happened was, is Mario got his whole staff members, and they, and they got some of the community, and they brought the community down first before they dug it up. They wanted the community in the area to see it. They said, we understand that this is a, this is a dangerous thing. So he got a shovel, and he gently picked it up. You know, he didn't want it going off. And then he dusted the dirt off of it. And what do you think he found? Two feathers, a piece of red string, wrapped in a palm branch with a bone in it. It was a spiritual fetish. It was a curse. And we don't know about curses, and we don't believe about curses here, but I'm telling you what, outside of the United States, they're a real thing, and Satan is a powerful person, and people who believe in that and don't understand the word of God, the fact that in the beginning God created a loving relationship that he wants with them. He actually demands of us that we have a relationship with him. He loves us so much, it's almost a demand. Well, so, so what Mario did was he, he said, we're going to take care of this. He told Garth that. Now, five years before, he was the head voodoo priest in the area. And when everything, he was the guy putting the fetishes down in front of our place five years before. But because God got a hold of his heart, he now was taking this and he said, I, we got to do this in front of the community. We can't just do this with our staff. And he took it downtown into the center square and he took a gallon of diesel fuel and he said, in the name of Jesus, I'd kill this. And he set it on fire. Then they went back to the transmitter site and had a celebration. And they brought all the community in. And as a result of what you did there, by having a transmitter site installed, having staff there, these four men became the leadership for the whole community in that area. That's a big deal right there, right? We can reach all of that city because through these four men who were the key leaders in the, in the, in the voodoo priesthood, it gets better. That transmitter every night reaches, has the capacity or footprint, they say, like you know how CRF reaches here and the fish reaches here, you know, there's certain audiences. We can cover 298 million people, voodoo priests, the Boko Haram in Nigeria. We send a signal in there four hours a day to the Boko Haram with specific programming about warfare, about these kind of things that they understand. And we do it with a program called the Way of Righteousness. And it's specifically geared for the, through the prophets, the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so they can understand that because they, that's what their Quran speaks of. So we culturally contextualize that. God has prepared that from the beginning, and you're using it. And as a result, those four men got saved. The city is now becoming more Christ-like and Christian understanding. They're coming to the transmitter site for, for events with us. They're listening. They're growing. And in Nigeria, in the state where the Boko Haram is, and ISIS, 
11 churches have been started in the last two months and they average 100 members. And these, and when I say a member, you gotta understand when you're a member of this church in that area, you're a believer and you're dead if they find out. So this is the work that Gospel Memorial is doing all around the world through Transworld Radio, through Christar, through all of these organizations that we get the privilege of partnering with you on. And the credit and glory goes to God. But let me ask you this. How many of us remember this when our days go bad? How many, how many, I'm speaking to myself now, you know, when I'm, when I'm having a bad day, I got to remind myself that in Genesis 12, Abraham had to leave his country. Now, not everybody's going to leave your country, but can you leave your house in the morning with the idea that this is your mission, whatever runs across your path? It's hard for me some days. In Exodus 40.10, the Lord told, Moses told the Lord, I, 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 I'm slow of speech. So what do you do? He gave Aaron. There is no way that you can talk to God and have an excuse that he can't cover. <laughs> I say that to myself because I'm always, you know, like, I'm not always, but there's days where I just don't want to do that for him. And he's going, McElhaney, just do it. I'm there with you. And so in Judges, Gideon had 300 dog soldiers, okay? The dog soldiers, they got down and they lapped up the water like a dog and they defeated an entire army. Can you do that? Yeah. Now you say, no, I can't. Yes, you can. What makes you any different than him? You were created in his image. We're to love God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our spirit, and to love others. If you're doing those two things, he will supply whatever it is you need. But it's mainly the relationship with him each day so that you know, first off, what is mission. And then you might have some idea when he provisions you. <laughs> I, I, I look back at the day and go, wow, he gave me that and I didn't even realize it. Did you ever, did you ever get in that situation? He's giving you so much stuff that you didn't, you missed it. In Esther, this is where I'm always afraid of. It says, if I remain silent, and this is my version of it, I will blow eternal opportunities. Because she said, if I don't do this, someone else will. Salvation and God's blessing will come through someone else. Do you want somebody else stealing your blessing? No. Because we bring blessings to God. We honor him with what we do. And the other thing is Nehemiah, in 52 days, he went around and he got all of the people in the city. And he figured out what their skill set was. He set them up with the tasks and they rebuilt a wall of protection. And that represents the division between secular and sacred. TWR, all these other organizations each day, we are trying to help people understand the difference between secular and sacred in their communities. We're trying to help them understand about the relationship that Christ wants with them. So what have I said so far? You're asleep? God? Do we always know where he's gonna provide? We don't always know where he's gonna provide. Will he always provide a way of escape? Maybe, 
it's actually, yes, it says so in his word, but it's not necessarily the way of escape that we want. The apostles, almost every one of them, and here's the bummer, died martyrs. But they died preaching Jesus. What a way to go out, man. <laughs> right to the very end. Can you imagine saying, and in Jesus' name, and the next thing you know, you're in heaven. What could be better than that? So you may have something going on in your life today. But let me ask you this. Is it, is it, is it in Isaiah 53, it talks about Jesus and his forthcoming in the Old Testament about what he will do. He's come to us, or he's come to earth so that we would have salvation, forgiveness of sins, and remission of our sins. I wonder if in the garden, if when Adam messed up, if God actually, and this is me again, this is me doing my weird rigor thing from TWR, you think he might have said to him, it's okay, Adam, I knew you would do this, but in the future, Jesus will come take care of this problem my son will give his life now you laugh that it might be my idea but there are actually commentaries that say he may have had that conversation we don't know but the inferences and the, and the suggestion of that says that he understood from the beginning that there would be a mess up and he still loves us he still supplies our needs so let me ask you this if in a passionate translation it says even if the mountains were to crumble and the hills disappear, my heart of steadfastness, faithful love will never leave you, and my covenant of peace, you will never be shaken, says Yahweh, for, the, for whose love and compassion will never give up on you. So what is it today in your life, the God I have, that would be a deal breaker if you didn't get it from God in order to do your mission? Now, that's a serious question. I'm, I mean, I actually expect you to think about that for like 30 seconds so I don't go over. What is the one thing that you've been praying for that you need God to bust through on? Good one. The other part is, as you walk with him, if you don't see that, can you still trust him? And that's a struggle for me some days, where I see kids who are trafficked, where I see wars, where I see my own country, not where I'd like it to be. And yet I know he is, he is he's reigning. He wins in the end. He wins in the end. And I'm also wise enough to remember that even Christ, not saying the exact words, but he intimated that not everybody will accept him. But it's my job to tell everybody I can in my family, in my circle of influence, and through Transform Radio. I went from being a tower climber, an iron worker tower climber, where I had 280 million people in the Caribbean and Latin America that I could influence, to now 4.2 billion you're reaching the potential of 4.2 billion people in a 24-hour period. You've got to rejoice about that, folks. I, I just, you just got to be happy about that. So, what's the takeaway? The takeaway is that question. 
this week, what do you need God to do for you in order to feel that you're being resourced? And we have that need. We have that need to be resourced. We need to feel that God is talking to us. But the challenge to me is, to myself, is in order to ask that question, I can't be like Adam. Well, you gave me that woman. She made me eat the apple. You. No. I've got to say, God, I love you. And I'm going to sit here and wait for you to tell me. We've got to spend quality time with him. So with that, that would be what you would hear on a typical message from Transform Radio. You would hear a bunch of messages linked together. We'd tell a story. We'd use a poem. And that's what God's book is. Messages, stories, poems, love stories. And I hope you're encouraged today as you go out of here to ask him this week to help you reach one person in your community. Let me pray for us before.